You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. I'm so glad we get to welcome Josh and Katie Walters here today. They're a 3-7 couple, and we get to talk with them about their really beautiful marriage story that has tragedy, trauma, an affair as part of it, um, and also the recovery story that goes with it. I am so grateful and honored that they are here to help so many people who have walked through or are walking through these difficult moments. Also, I want to allow for some time to talk about the emotional affair with them today too and welcome you to their book on the same topic that they're going to talk to us about because not only is it best selling because it's just written well, but it's also because this is such a critical topic in time. I also noticed the best book of 2023 for marriage um, is on the same topic. And I have that author scheduled uh, later this year too, because I really think that can, we can all learn together. So I am grateful and honored that Josh and Katie would open up and share in their 3-7 pairing all about this with us, um, as well as the steps that they took to heal. And I think you'll find an even deeper dive in their book, which I was just able to read. It is so vulnerable, so raw, so beautiful. Uh, they share some of the scriptures we often share here on this podcast, and they also really allow us to learn what they've learned. And um, they've taken time with, by the way, because it's been 15 years since this all occurred. So I'm grateful. I know that they are going to share uh, some of the highs and lows, but like I said, you'll find even more in their book. So stay tuned for our conversation today for the healing steps. Make sure you get in touch with them, get their book, get in touch with us if you want to walk through to healing your own story. Also, we have a lot going on, so stay tuned on our email list as well because we have leadership conferences that we're a part of, Valentine's Day challenges, and all kinds of great conversations we're having with lots of different folks like Amy Wicks and Get Your Marriage On and also Tyler Zach. So I'm grateful to just keep that reminder in your life and if you're still somebody who wants to become an Enneagram and Marriage Coach, understand that we have a course starting up for that in February again. So these are our reminders as we step into this deeper healing journey. Uh, just make sure you take a look in our show notes for what's on the horizon for you uh, so you can glean. But most of all, let's jump in and really thankfully with gratitude, dive deep with Josh and Katie here. Hi, Josh and Katie. I'm so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Pod. Thanks for joining us. So glad to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, we are just so happy when couples come on or individuals who are just committed to the real story of marriage because we know it's long, it's hard, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. So thank you for doing all of this with us. <laughs> oh, we're going to help couples to feel encouraged today. And I just would love for them to hear more about you and your beautiful book coming. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. So we have been married for just over 20 years now. Yeah. 22 this December. Yeah. Have seven kids. 
<laughs> and uh, have, uh, yeah. And Their so. age is 20 to 2. So we have all stair step <laughs> all down there. So, and we'll be free age. to enjoy each other again when we're 59. No, <laughs> <laughs> so we better enjoy each other all along the way. <laughs> no, I just said free. Yeah. Free to enjoy each other. And, uh, yeah, and I've uh, been a pastor for as long as we've been married uh, in various different roles kind of in the church and, and ministry. And uh, Katie has a guidance counseling background. She was an elementary school counselor. And since we moved to Charleston, it's been on staff here at the church and started a nonprofit, then a for-profit, very missions minded if you want to talk about that any yeah we have a nonprofit. it's called francis and benedict it's out of toga west africa and our daughter our second daughter is actually living there right now um with the team and with francis and benedict they're two real people in togo so um yeah that keeps us busy but we we moved to charleston after our um betrayal season which we'll tell more about that story so we've been here for about 16 years i guess since then um really watched god help us rebuild our marriage and do miracle after miracle. And now we say it's our favorite thing, but our book coming out is the raw, ready, you know, gritty um, love story that was so painful. And so we really disclose a lot in the book about um, the pain of that season. And then also the practical principles that helped us to, to really start to rebuild once we were standing on the rubble, you know, of that ground. And we, we say this in the book, but it's real. It's called new marriage, same couple. Yeah, and the concept exactly. of it is that everyone needs to have a second marriage. We really believe that everyone needs to have a new marriage. Um, and But you can do that with the same person if you're both willing to rebuild yeah. and go to a new place, you know, go to a new season. And so hopefully it's full of hope and encouragement, but also some practical, practical tools to help couples get there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're right. Like you need the ideal to give people this sense of you can do this. We've done this, but it took tangible steps. And then you get your resurrected marriage. I love how you're reminding it's often with that same person. That's the hope. And that's most beautiful that you guys have been able to walk through that. And uh, we were talking before we got on the pod. That's very cool that God gave you that mission, because I know that for some people, that's not their mission. And when it is, when we're in line with what God wants us to do, there's a piece about it. Doesn't mean it's not hard. I'm sure there was processes in the book of going back and looking and saying, this is, this is hard. I know that from my own writing, but it's also very worthy. So thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's a joy. You know, we know that that's not every couple's story. Right. And it does take both people. But we have so much hope because we say, like, it could not have been any worse, you know, and we couldn't have been in more places of pain or being stuck or um, hopelessness. And so we know that if God did it with us, he Mm. can do it with other people. Mm. And it doesn't take, like, right personality mix, you know, that Mm. people willing to go there, you can have an incredible marriage. So, yeah. And that ultimately it's probably not the same for you as a woman, but like cultivating intimacy, the like path to actually experience that is so counterintuitive for a male in terms of being able to express Mm -hmm. insecurities, feelings, vulnerabilities, Mm-hmm. especially as it pertains to to betrayal. And so you hear folks walk through something awful and say, 
I wouldn't change it if I could. And I've always been the one to say like, well, that's ridiculous because you should want to change it. That was awful. <laughs> but in our story, it's like, man, I see not just who we became, but who, who I became and, and how mm-hmm. walking through like brutal pain really changed my perspective on what it looked like to be a, a leader, a husband, a father, all the things. And so it's, mm. it's still a challenge because my tendencies would be to hide or withdraw or not confront or not be vulnerable, which I think, you know, is natural and normal, but mm-hmm. man, that, that season only took us to a deeper, new, better place. And, mm-hmm. and it really can for everybody because the principles mm-hmm. are God ordained and mm-hmm. his idea, no, not, not ours. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love how you guys both shared that uh, a for men intimacy is a concept that they've not necessarily been raised with. There may be even more genetics than we realize to that. Uh, I know that I'm a huge fan of Tolkien and he talks about how like men have a more animal nature. And, and of course, so many of us could argue absolutely not women do too, but, um, but there's just a sense of like men have farther to go. Um, and sometimes a man will try to take that path and the wife won't be able to sometimes uh, she'll want to to take that path. He won't. And this is one of those stories where you both leaned into God and this is the beautiful fruit of it. And you're still continuing to provide fruit. And you told us that don't be discouraged if the listeners are not your same Enneagram type, because obviously this story is for everybody. So tell us about how you guys met. Tell us a little bit about who you guys are, maybe a bit about your personalities. Yeah, so we met in college. I'm an Enneagram 7, oh. and probably this, you know, I say I'm like a true 7 until we have some pe- some 7 friends that are like full party people. I don't know if it's the mom that's <laughs> shut down some of that. But yeah. now I feel, yeah. you know, we're a real 7. I'm like a, you know, a, somewhat 7. But um, we met yeah. in college. Josh, Josh is an Enneagram 3, but I'm telling you, in college, you probably would have thought we were both 7s. He I definitely know. has a high, yeah. um, a high love of fun as well and adventure. And we really, early on, we wanted to be missionaries. We wanted to live overseas, um, just have this big adventure, and have seven kids. Oh so, even, yeah. yeah, the first night, our first date, we both wanted seven, you know. Um, and so our first date, Josh was like, okay, make a big question. How many kids do you want? Let's say it on the count of three. And on the count of three, we both said seven. No way. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's cool. It was really wild. And so we (laughs) had big dreams, you know, as so many young couples do. And um, really enjoyed living life to the fullest. And then we got married and really started in the hustle of life. You know, we both, I was getting my master's. He was getting his master's in seminary. We were both working full time. Um, Josh was flipping properties to try to help provide for us. As we were having all these kids, he kind of thought, let's flip a house, keep it. And at some point we'll sell it for college. But as we were accumulating all these things, I think Josh potentially as a three was just thinking, this is just the normal hustle of life and lots of pressures and achieving. And he, he would say like, he was even taking a lot of pride in, you know, what we were achieving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that I, I, uh, necessarily saw that at the time but I remember one you know those like conversations that you have that are just kind of marking I had a lunch with a with a mentor and he said Josh I really think you ought to sell all that rental property 
and just revisit it later in life. Young kids, ministry, you're getting your master's. He kind of talked through what life looked like. And it's just like you're just burning up any margin you have. Just sell those for now and revisit them later. And and I remember shaking my head yes and thinking like not a chance. And yeah. it was just one of those conversations that showed me, you know, for even for my family, uh, we would go to family lunches or whatever. And they'd be like, wow, you're quite the entrepreneur. And, you know, it was just a, a place of pride that I didn't see rightly at the time that yeah. That it's not that Katie didn't want. We were all in on, but it was just one of those things in the mm -hmm. hustle of life we should have let go of because it was yeah. causing so much work that, yeah, I was, mm. I was, it was pretty tied in who I was and yeah. how I saw what success mm -hmm. looked like for, for us in that season. So, yeah. And, and the same yeah. for me, you know, I would say with pleasure and freedom and fun. And, you mm. know, as life started to get a little bit more heavy, I still had all these desires um, mm. for, you know, that that idea of travel and missionary is really, is really all about adventure and escape. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, so we can look back on those parts of our story and see that we were in a really thin spot. Mm. And we always say like our life verse is John 10, 10. So it says, mm. but it says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I've come that they might have life and have it to the abundant, have it more full. Mm. And we always say we really did not focus on the first part of that verse that the enemy comes mm. to steal, kill and destroy. Yeah. And looking back on our story, that's definitely what happened. We were in a thin place. And yeah. I think that our enemy was just patient. Mm. He was waiting mm. Um, you know, like a lion to then jump in and it's hard in a betrayal story. So for me, I started having an emotional affair probably about a year before mm -hmm. I actually confessed, um, to a, an affair with Josh and mm -hmm. it's about that story of the confession and how it was really like a barely confession, you know, yeah. it was saying like, I think they're pro the problem in their marriage is me. Yeah. Um, but during the whole course of that year, you know, it's really hard when you have been, been in a season of betrayal to figure out the why. Why did you get there? What was the what was wrong with your heart? And I think especially for the betrayer, yeah. um, you know, the person who has been betrayed wants an answer to that. Like, yeah. how do I know you won't do this again? This yeah. monstrous thing, this devastation to our yeah. covenant to God. Yeah. And I think it's so hard early on to really pinpoint exactly you know, those holes, those proclivities that can lead you to that, because there is also just straight evil involved, yeah. you know, um, really a good reminder. Um, but I do think looking back on it, you know, we've been able to see in hindsight, so many of the, the ways that our temperaments, um, mm. you know, were, had led us to this thin place. And mm. then, you know, for me, giving this desire, mm. this imagination for escape, this not taking those things and being open and real and vulnerable with Josh about all the places I was hiding mm. so much of that, yeah. you know, really led us to a place of, um, of danger. The other thing mm. about it is that we were, we were the like lovey dovey mm -hmm. couple mm -hmm. that this would never happen to. And so yeah. I think in a lot of ways, um, and that, that's like, man, we were the first of our friends to get married in college. Our wedding was like a, oh. a massive party. Yeah. Love couple. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Dream couple is going up for God and changing oh, the world no. together. And so like, yeah. this is so far from a narrative that would ever be associated with us. 
And everyone would have agreed with that, that I think mm, having that in place, we, we dismissed the reality of that verse that like, yes, there is an enemy. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. We kind of yes. live like blah, 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 blah. Mm. But I've got to fight that life and have it more abundant. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, you know mm. so yeah. Back, man, how could we have thought? You know, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. And I'm thinking of C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. Uh, there's going to be a ballet on that next year that my kids dance studio is hosting. And where, you know, the elder devil is trying to get the younger devil to sort of this minion to do things slowly over time. And I think that as aggressive assertive types three and seven, I'm also an aggressive stance. There's a lot of us here. And honestly, in this country, those who are listeners in America might get this or other Western cultures, where we have this three sort of overlay of push through, push through, like you said, everyone in your circle really saw that. And that's Wes and I's story too, that everyone rewards that. Like you guys are going for it. Nobody knows the underbelly of not taking time with feelings and pushing through. And so I think all of our listeners here get that as we've nuanced, like this is the culture we live in. This is sort of the world we're in. And so I'm glad for all of us to remember here too, there is evil out there because we often forget that we're doing all these hacks. I'm late Gen X. So I love hacks but there's actually good and evil out there. So thanks yeah. for reminding us of like just being extra watchful. Like there's several yeah. elements at play. Gosh, it's so true. You know, I was thinking about, cause I've been listening. I told you this, but to a lot of your content and, you know, for a seven, it was probably only six months ago that I realized one of our escapes was planning mm-hmm. and, you know, that we yeah. use that to kind of go somewhere else. And so you're so right. Oftentimes our proclivities are rewarded in culture mm-hmm. and you don't see them as, as uh, a negative. It, I mean, you know, really, you have to really work to say, I want to be self-aware. I want to build something lasting. I want to build true intimacy. And I need to enjoy this moment, be exactly where I am. Why am I struggling to not be present, you know, in this moment, in this space? So I think you're so right. It's that is the the work of marriage that I honestly, most of the couples that we sat with, they're not putting in that kind of work. You know, just think it'll just happen naturally. We can just do our life keep pushing forward and this relationship will coast mm. toward longevity and intimacy. Oh, and it just does not, you know, <laughs> no, that's not even statistical. Even if we, you know, are looking at sheer statistics, marriage success goes down over time unless you're intentional. And so I'm so glad you guys have become intentional. If you don't mind, maybe you could help us to understand a little bit more about uh, your story or in general about what you see when couples go down, uh, maybe a bit of both in terms of like, okay, when you're hitting the shadows, what seems to be some other themes? You said already it's pushing past too much. Uh, Anything else you would just remind our listeners of? So I think in a lot of ways, the framework of the of the book kind of speaks to that in terms yeah. of stuff that we see couples um, either not do or struggle to do that uh, wasn't necessarily normal or natural for us, just kind of the way God authored the story and the way we've walked with folks who were in a tough spot or just wanting to get to a, a new spot. But the book is structured around the acrostic stay mm. and the S oh, stands for start with me. And, and oftentimes feel like most couples, whether it's been a betrayal or they're just in a tough spot, there's been 
bitterness, offense, wounding, time, and it's so normal and natural to see your partner as the source of pain, and mm -hmm. it's their fault they did this, and you can be blinded to what you bring to the relationship, your part, and the tension, even just your growth opportunities, and and what it looks like for what you bring to the table in terms of building intimacy. So, start with me isn't to lessen responsibility on the other party depending on whatever the story is or what happened but it's ultimately just to say like in our story where as katie had the affair it's like ultimately as the head of the home mm -hmm. something happened at some point and the way that i was tending her heart caring for her the culture that we had created in our home yeah. our lifestyles patterns preferences that would have in some way allowed her to even consider that you know, so mm -hmm. it's not to lessen the responsibility, but start with me is really all about mm -hmm. taking a slow, careful look at right. how am I responsible for this? Mm -hmm. And I was, it was amazing that Josh was able to do that in that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have been able to do that just because hurt, you know, um, yeah, blinds you from, and you don't want to justify the action you know, because there's nothing he did that caused me to go into this place of betrayal and sin against him and God. But just to, like you saying, to look at the culture and look at the environment, look at the garden of our marriage. And then mm. for me, you know, the most the most important kind of step for me was realizing that this love that I thought I had for another person was actually self-love. And God helped me to do that really, really quickly. And when I saw the pain in the other woman's eyes, I realized like those blinders fell of I'm hurting someone deeply. Yeah. Then to be able to look at my own husband to realize like, if this is love, Mm -hmm. that is not love, mm -hmm. you know? So what is this? And, and that's when I was able to understand, like, this is self-love, this is self-desire, this is self-passion. Mm -hmm. And I think starting there is going to help a person to realize like, um, that there's some more internal work I have to do mm -hmm. because the truth is culture tells you, you just need to be happy. You need to follow your feelings, mm -hmm. go with what's, you know, bringing you joy. Mm -hmm. And the truth is like, if you are taking you with you, then you're taking all of that to just another relationship, mm. you know, and it also helped me to realize, like, if I haven't seen this correctly, this idea of love, that yeah. is self-love or desire, then maybe there's also things about this relationship with Josh that I haven't seen correctly. Mm. And so staying was really important because those blinders did not fall right away. Yeah. It was not right away that I was like, oh, there you are. There's this love that we've had. This is the new place I want to go to. You know, he would invite me to go to a deeper place of love. And I would tell him things like, you know, I just don't feel this way for you anymore. Like yeah. when I was 18 and 20 and I called you nicknames, like I don't feel any of that. Yeah. Um, and so it was really important to stay the course through mm -hmm. the shedding of all of that, because he knew there was a deeper place for us to go. He but did. when I was I driven by pleasure, desire, you know, these ideas that culture creates, mm -hmm. I did not believe that those could ever be restored within yeah. our marriage. I thought maybe we would do the right thing and I would have like a pal and we would hang on. Yeah. But I did not believe that God authored all of the emotions yeah. that, that have to be 
love and that he would restore all of those like in his time, you know, that would make even, um, even more beautiful and even more. And I would say I didn't either. Like I didn't know. Okay. I hadn't really seen it modeled. I had never experienced it myself, but I think that's where the like faith is being sure of what you hope for certain of what you don't see. He came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. And so I just had a like stubborn conviction (laughs) that Mm -hmm. there was more and better and he's capable of it. I don't know how we get it or what we do, but I know we don't get it by, by leaving, you know, so so the S we'll start with me. T is take quitting off the table. And Mm -hmm. the thought behind that is that people, people leave in their hearts long before they go. So just in terms of their language, even throwing out the divorce word or space or separation, or, you know, even in the midst of tension and conflict, do you lean away or do you lean in? And so, um, take quitting off the table is really just about shutting the door. We're in this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving isn't an option. We're going to be better on the other side of this, but we've got to, close some doors and allow others to be a part of your story. And um, Mm. for us, man, this, this Mm. story and season really helped us with that because we didn't, we didn't know how to fight fair or fight in a way that was healthy. And in a season where she didn't fully trust me and I was totally incapable of fixing Mm. this, like we had to Mm. lean on others, trust others, find some safe places to, to share the ugly, mm-hmm. you know, stuff in front of people. And then a why is yield division. And that, that's a big part of uh, huge have our grandparent names tattooed on our ring fingers and have dreamed about like, what do, what do Josh and Katie are, where my, both of our parents got the names that kids could say when they started talking Mimi and Peepaw, uh-huh. you know, whatever. And so we, uh, we named ours Bear and Ruby. And uh, oh man, we've done a lot of dreaming about oh. what Bear and Ruby look like at oh. 70, 80, 90. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so vision, you know, ultimately drives mm-hmm. your decisions today and what you're building together. And so I feel like the more we've met with couples in terms of where they've struggled or where they were at, there's, there's a breakdown. And one of those principles, each of which were, were so core mm-hmm. in our story and, and getting through So. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is just so rich. You guys have uh, done some beautiful vision casting ahead of the game, but also later you had to rework, wait a second, here's the vision we had, but how can we actually develop it? It's not going to be anything but a vision unless we make it real. So knowing that you brought community in, that you said, this is our tribe, this is our family we don't want to break up our family. We want to stay united. There's no way to heal apart. We have to heal together in this case. And I think that that's what so many couples do is they think, you know, once there's been a hurt, that's really deep. Uh, you know, you have to leave and it just, it creates a lot of, I mean, my brother does a lot of divorce cases as a lawyer and he's always like, there's a second, um, marriage basically. And that's sort of, you know, happening inside of the courtroom. And then there's literally like the sense for even another divorce. And so people don't often know like the depths of pain that comes from even that. 
So I love how you're saying, like, we didn't know what it was. I love how as a type three, Josh had a sense of holy hope. Uh, you know, we recently talked about each type sort of gift when they're at their best to release to God. And, and that's beautiful that Josh was able to say, I don't know what the hope looks like, but I know yeah. that it's there and I can bring that. I love that Katie, you were able to stay. That's a very hard word for a seven, as you know, <laughs> and also to maybe even admit some of the hurts that you have. I think we often forget the story of the affair that the person who did the betray also has a story of hurt. And so you guys have been bold today to say, you know, this was, um, this was a complex story. It wasn't just one little thing that happened. Yeah. And honestly, that, that building is ongoing. I was thinking about, you know, some of your last content about conflict styles Mm -hmm. and how, when we say these principles that allow others to be a part of your story, we have a couple tonight that we're going to go over to their house. And Mm -hmm. there's been a recent argument that I feel like we just kind of keep getting back in the waters of, Mm -hmm. and, um, and they, they're really going to walk with us through how do we protect, you know, we're trying to go into the fire of other people's marriages. How do we protect ourselves from getting back in the flow of this specific conflict? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would just encourage couples like, you have to be intentional, but at this, there is no excuse. I mean, we can turn on a podcast and get incredible content about different conflicts and reaction styles. And then if you, there are so many couples that will really enter into your pain with you, you know, and say like, here's something you might be missing. Here's some, this is worth protecting. And so, you know, I just, I really want to encourage people that you can rebuild. I truly believe you can rebuild in any season, but that a thriving and wonderful marriage can be yours. You know, it really can be yours. Um, if you just put the intentionality behind it. Yeah. Um, I also think there's like something so unique to, you know, if you were driving up the road and, and went to change lanes and nearly got in a wreck because somebody was in your blind spot, like, yeah. Ultimately, you're you're not you can't get too mad at yourself because it's called a blind spot for a reason, right? And mm. and our story, um, this was a a legit like part of the shock and pain was that man, I'm I'm an intuitive people reading, yeah, I'm high seven as well, and like I was absolutely blindsided. I did not see this at at all, and but the reality now. 15 years past it is that like, man, blind spots still exist in my life. I am often not experienced the way that I see myself. Mm -hmm. There's facets of our relationship that I can be oblivious to Mm -hmm. places, Katie's needs and desires that I can miss entirely. And it's like, man, with other people that love you, but aren't all that impressed with you, uh, it can feel like, you can feel so much responsibility for, for blind spots when really it's like, man, they're helping me see the things that I did not see. Exactly. And this was like, I know we all are agreeing, like if God showed us all of our future and our trials before we'd be like running out the door, (laughs) but then because he equips us and he lights a lamp before us, we're able to walk through. So I like how you can say like, we're not going to go back. What we're doing is we're looking to see what we need to change, but like we're walking ahead in faith. And I think that's beautiful because when you do that, you really can be a bit more vulnerable. You can pace yourselves as you do this hard work of looking at your blind spots. But I love that you guys are doing that together. 
Um, and you've given so many tips. I know there's worlds more in your book, but I was just going to ask briefly for couples who also struggle with vulnerability of feelings, what would you say has been helpful for you to have some safety to talk through feelings together? Because I know that that's like really hard to admit those vulnerabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, I would say that this is one of the major points of our story because I got really good at hiding, you know, from from others and especially from Josh. I would tell maybe certain girlfriends or certain things that I knew they would just be like, oh, well, you know, that's okay." But I really wouldn't share everything with him. Mm -hmm. And we um, sat with a a couple after our season of betrayal. and, And the man said, you need to have a marriage that's a 10 and everyone else is a two. Like you need to tell each other everything. You need to prioritize everything. And I remember thinking like, I don't know how that's going to happen, you know? Um, But what happened in our story is when I got so exposed that it was very public and all that people pleaser and shame were just trying to literally swallow and kill me in in the most vulnerable part of my story. When more had started to come out to Josh, we were at my parents' house and I just, I do remember just being full of shame. And that night um, in the night alone, I was really wondering like, can I even survive this? Do I want to take my life? I felt that low. And I heard the voice of God. I heard him say, Catherine, I love you. I have plans for your life. I knew this was going to happen and I love you. And hearing the voice of God in that low spot really changed my entire life because I started to realize that like, if I don't have to hide from God, if he loves me, truly loves me on my worst day, then I definitely don't need to hide from Josh. I definitely can tell him my most vulnerable 10. And so that moment really changed things for me because I was able to start to expose, you know, Mm -hmm. the most horrendous, all the kind of thoughts that you have that you don't think you should tell anyone and doing it just brings it to the light. And it it really does like break something as soon as you tell it to somebody. And he also has had the kindness and compassion to look at me without judgment, you Mm -hmm. know, and really to love me even in those spots. So I have to credit him with that, you know, but um, but that really changed me and changed my like going to new vulnerable places. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what it was for you. I think a couple, a couple things, and I'll, I'll just speak practically. Like um, one of the things we talk a lot about is to dialogue daily. And I would say pre this season, um, we were passionate roommates in the mm-hmm. sense of like managing logistics and Mm. who's going where, what time will you be here, there. And life is still full of that every day. But carving out time and and really some safe places where right now the season we're in, it's a a walk, you know, and Uh, you're not locked in eye to eye, feeling like you need to put something uncomfortable on the table. Yeah. Looking forward, we're moving forward. And it's a spot where if there's anything on her heart, you know, she'll, she'll say, can you handle me? And it's just kind of her way of saying like, I need to, I need to say something hard, hard. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like, Hey, can we go on a walk or, you know, like mm-hmm. just kind of opening the door to yeah. vulnerable conversation. And so practically mm-hmm. I, yeah. I never experienced anything like that. And for me, the first step feels like a mile of like, 
I need to share something or can I tell you something, you know? So practically, I think having, having a space and environment is just super helpful for getting the conversation started, even if you don't have the words or how you'll do it. But then the, the personal part of it, where I think is part a man and, and part just me and sin nature was really flipping the script on the mental narrative. I spent so many years no one said you need to be the man, you need to have the answers, yeah. you need to figure it out. Um, you better act like you know how to be a husband and father. You better figure out the business provider thing. But like, man, I just took that stuff on me. Yeah. I, I didn't have a person that I could say, like, I just don't have a clue what I'm doing or right. I'm really struggling with mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, you know. And so in yeah. this space of our marriage, it's like, man, to really really personalize in my weakness, his power is made perfect. Mm. I don't want a marriage that Josh can engineer or an intimacy that I can in some way fabricate, but I I want the power of God at work in our relationship, fighting for us, healing us, working in us. And he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I want to walk in grace. I want to feel his power. Mm -hmm. And the only way that happens in relationship is me coming to the end of my Mm-hmm. My side and being willing to mm. at some point share and say some and process some tough thing. I'm a verbal processor too. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times just cracking the door, mm-hmm. man, Katie's so tender at yeah. asking questions, helping me figure out mm. what's going on. But yeah, he always says he knows all the right answers. He just has to be asked the right question. Oh. <laughs> and, it's good to know that about each other's yeah. personality yeah. because, um, yeah. you know, I can, I can ask them, you know, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel insecure? Is that, you know, and that helps, I think, to bring yeah. it out of a, a partner that might not be quite as, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally vulnerable or in their head or complicated, yeah. you know, um, I always feel like I'm so much more complicated than he is. And, and there's times where he, you know, doesn't have some deep, dark secret. If I'm like, tell me something that'll shake me to my core, you know, and he's like, like I, want no I don't know. <laughs> know. What you got? <laughs> so that's okay too, you know, just trying to figure out how to be together in that and in the relationship yeah. is God designed, you know, yeah. um, we're really grateful. There's not two of us. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I love it. God has to be that third strand. And then also like there's a, just one Katie, one Josh, one Krista, all of us. There's, one is enough for <laughs> Now, what I was going to ask you guys is um, amidst this beautiful understanding for everybody to really um, find their way to deeper connecting conversations, even amidst these kind of coupon convo things that we get stuck in. Um, what would you say for that couple um, before we close just that? That's saying, hey, I want to come out of an emotional or physical affair. I, I'm still having that limerence, that feeling. Um, I'm still feeling terrified that my spouse won't accept me or I'll be exposed. Um, what would you say to that couple? Because I noticed after some of our other affair episodes, we had people calling, which were very vulnerable to say like, yeah, I'm in it and I want to get out of it. So we might wow. even have somebody like that now. Any thoughts for them? And of course, first and foremost, get this book. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I mean, I would just say, confess, confess, Mm -hmm. confess, confess you, you know, you, your marriage was made to handle each other, you were made to handle each other's vulnerabilities. 
your sin, Mm -hmm. you know, what it's not made to handle is hiding Mm -hmm. is schemes is, is lack of trust is lack of honesty. And Mm -hmm. so as soon as you can get in the light and confess, you can start to rebuild. You Mm -hmm. truly can. And you think it's bad those days, those aftermath, but what's actually bad is all the, all the days before, you know, what's actually bad is the darkness. Um, Those days, like you really, as soon as you can bring it into the light, you'll see so much more clearly and you will be able to rebuild. That Mm -hmm. would be my biggest encouragement. Yeah. I think, I think I would, uh, I would say the same when you're, when you're in hiding and afraid of bringing it to the light because your partner may not respond well, accept you, like whatever narrative you're, you're, you're telling yourself, you're really holding on to something that isn't there anyway. Yeah. And and a big part of our story, our only frame of reference was the, the lovey dovey emotional passion we used to have. And it, it wasn't a committed love because we really hadn't been through anything yet to have to choose love. And so a a gift that's on the other side of this for any couple is that ultimately uh, like love is a, it it was everything you knew about your person that got you to the altar, but it was everything you you didn't know about them that you were vowing to Mm -hmm. commit to. And so when you, when you bring hard things to the light and get to Mm -hmm. see your person choose love. It's not scrapping to get back to a place you used to be, but mm-hmm. but committing to build something mm-hmm. new and better together mm-hmm. that ultimately is is a work only God can do. And I think about that um, mm-hmm. when uh, Jesus was on the cross, the prayer, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It's like uh, a, a love for the people he came to seek and serve and save after they had done it wrong and crucified oh. and mocked and, you know, so and mm-hmm. the marriage relationship, like, man, who you are is not what you do. And mm-hmm. we are all sinners and need yeah. the grace of God, love of God. And if you can, if you can share, hey, this is what I've done. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a surprise to your spouse, but it's no surprise to God. You might mm-hmm. be hiding from yeah. your person, but he knows full well. And mm-hmm. And apart from how they're going to respond, like, man, you're going to experience his love and grace mm-hmm. more so than you ever have, which will ultimately help you mm-hmm. get to a place together. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. That makes me want to cry. It's so beautiful. And and it goes really well with what Katie shared about, uh, you know, God meeting her in the darkness and saying, I have good plans for you. And also, you guys reminded us of the larger narrative. It's not just about us. It's not just about what serves me. Uh, It's about what serves everybody. And you guys shared, you know, other people were hurting in the story. And that's a good thing for our listeners to remember too. Like you are here to love and uh, also to accept God's love and grace as you come out into the light. So thank you guys for sharing. This is so beautiful. Tell us where everybody can get to know you better and also to find your book. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you again for having us again. You can go to joshandkatiewalters.com. Is that our website has the book. Um, We have a launch team on Facebook that's called New Marriage, Same Couple. And you can find us both on on Instagram, Katie Walters, Josh Walters. You can find Francis and Benedict on Instagram if you're interested in that. So all the the ways we (laughs) love um, being able to connect and are so 
grateful that God ordained this time an exact place that we could live in a global community, right. you know, and have things like podcast yeah. and yeah. ways to connect online. So we're so grateful for that opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. We are too. And everything is in the show notes. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for chatting with us. Make sure you get Josh and Katie's book. If you are struggling in this area of emotional fear or otherwise, this book is an absolute gem and it's an absolute necessity too to help you to process. So make sure you grab that everything else out of the show notes too. We're so glad to have you here and thank you for just being part of this real journey and keep up the great work of growing here. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.